Hello, welcome to One Life Podcast. We talk about some things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast, and I'm joined by co-host of the podcast and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. I, I think I told you that I wanted that on my gravestone when the day comes. That, that. That's what I, I want my legacy to be, a co-host of the One Life Podcast. With a microphone right on, on it. It should. Yeah, I'll that's just, right. You keep that's that microphone. Kind of my, I'll put keep it that in, there. Yeah. Put it in the box <laughs> with me. Good. All right. That'd be fun. Um, it would be fun. It'd be really creepy if it was like a week from now, be. though. Um, yeah, now I'm feeling everybody. super weird. <laughs> but we'll play that at the day. But it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. I'm not getting younger, you know. Well, gosh, Go Brett, I'm glad you're here. If it is a week from now, we <laughs> are editing out this part. Treat it's going to be at the service. I do want to start out with something a little bit different. Um, if you have ever listened to the podcast and had something that maybe you thought um, was beneficial to you, something you learned, something you thought that was interesting, we'd appreciate it if you share that out. We'd love more people to hear this content and continue to grow um, the people who listen to the One Life podcast because we only think that could relate to you and your one and only life, and we want uh, more people to hear that. So whether you're sharing it through social media or just liking or commenting through Apple Podcasts, we would love and appreciate that as well. Or if you have any questions or anything that as we're kind of evaluating, we've been doing this for about 67, 68 episodes, which is pretty cool. Um, anything that you, you really like about the podcast or you really don't, email us, podcast.onelifechurch.org, and um, we, we might change something or we might not. We don't know yet, but it depends on what it is. So That's right. If we like your suggestion, we'll be all over it. No, we evaluate around here all the time. So we're used to it. And so it'd be, I'd be glad to hear, you know, what, what, what kind of hits you in the zone and what doesn't, that that kind of thing would be important to know. Absolutely. And we are joined today by the executive director of One Life Church, Natalie Jarnowski. It's great to be here, Sarah. Natalie, thanks for coming and hanging out. You've been on once before. Um, I've been on twice before. Twice, that's right. You were on with talking about Myanmar. Yes, I was. And then the other time we were talking about um, one of our series at the time, so early on in the podcast. And then we did some some preview episodes where we were in the lobby and we were talking about um, our table series. Oh, yeah. That that was fun. That one was fun. We didn't really know what we were doing yet. We still don't, but, you know, we're having fun (laughs) either way. But um, so this past week, um, Brett, uh, continuing our series, we were talking about... um, our life is mission and movement and the series is called travelogue. And and we do believe that, um, there's a conversation in there for everyone. And, and Brett, first off, you had nine points of, um, things that were communicated in the scripture that you read. Right. right? And you said you got to share three of them. Yes. So there were six of them. We didn't get to hear any of them that you would, we'd add to or let people know about. Yeah, in some sense I did uh, give them uh, because I took, um, I wasn't going to separate it out into nine points, so I took the three and kind of smashed a few of the other ones into the three. Mm. Uh, but originally as I was going through and observing it, so so you're you're saying to share some of the ones that didn't come out? Yeah, that, uh, that'd be fun. Uh, right now? Sure. Right now? Okay, well, uh, let's see. What would be one of the, the ones that we just kind of overlooked altogether? I would say um, he he makes the case uh, he he kind of argues for the thing, and I think sometimes we we back off our beliefs a little bit uh, in light of because we talked about you know gaining people's trust and and um, uh, and and finding points of agreement, but you do have to be prepared for the fact that there is a bridge that you cross over to where people do not agree. Uh, but he you can tell he's enthusiastic about it. He wants them to believe this, and actually that's a little bit of a controversial thing in our day and age. Uh, I think there's a survey that was done among um, young 
younger people uh, that uh, some people are very uncomfortable with the very concept of trying to have someone convert from what they currently believe to over to believing in Christ himself. And so uh, there's a controversy around that because uh, in, in a pluralistic society, I understand where it comes from, that people think, okay, what if I were talking to a Muslim, for instance, and I wanted him to become a Christian? Well, uh, some people say, well, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't impose. Well, you're not imposing your beliefs, but you are sharing. And, and I know of Muslims who have become Christians, and they certainly exist. And so it was going to get into that kind of thing. But he makes the case for it. He says, you ought to believe in this. You know, uh, He uses John the Baptist authority, and uh, we need to get better at case-making uh, and persuasion, quite honestly. I mean, we it's okay to try to be persuasive about what you believe, because if it really is the truth, which we believe it is, then it seems like it should be persuasive, or we should treat it that way. So that was one of them. Well, and uh, that, that kind of does lead to And it. I left it out altogether. You See? did. Well, and the scripture I did want to highlight, I should have said that before, was Acts 13, 16, um, and, and going all the way through 41. So um, if you want to read that and, and kind of highlight from that. But um, that does kind of lead to the conversation where I thought it'd be great to have Natalie on to be able to continue this conversation that we had. Um, so each week, just a little bit behind the scenes, um, Brett records a what we call a backup message in a sense. So in case for some reason our live broadcast would go down, which has only happened um, very few times yeah. um, in the but last few years. They seem clusters. I think it, it, it's happened like like a couple times in a row, and then it won't happen again for a while, and then it'll... Yeah, we've had a few times where, you know, just random like power surge and it, you know, right in the middle of recording or um, maybe internet outage, which has happened in one of our campuses. Um, and there's not a whole lot you can do about some of those. Those just happen. So we like to have um, kind of preparation and, and Brett will record a message. And then what's amazing is he did say this earlier that one of our values here is we value everything for continual improvement. And um, that even includes Brett's messages. So there's a group of us that as we record, we sit down and, and we just evaluate and just kind of give some some feedback of things to to keep, lose, add, and tweak. Tweak. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Just that's adjust right. it just a hair. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and so we go through that. And so there was a, a, a kind of a, a conversation point that ended up kind of um, taking over our evaluation meeting that week. And I just thought it was such a great conversation that it'd be great to have continue here, at least on the podcast. And so um, I don't know the best way if you want to set up kind of what you were asking you were thinking of an exercise in a sense. and then Yeah, because uh, that was a thing that hit the editing room floor, not because it was bad necessarily. I, I couldn't really tell. Uh, but I it, it had enough conversation around it. I thought, I can't adjust this, uh, so I'm just going to leave it out altogether. Uh, the exercise was around, this did make it into the message, the idea that Paul, first of all, he goes into the synagogue, and that is his practice, and it says that throughout the book of Acts. We'll continue uh, to talk about that. He goes to the synagogue first, and I think he did that for a number of reasons. First, it was easy access. It was something he he knew it would be asked to speak. They do ask him to speak because he was from out of town. He was a scholar. He knew it would be asked to speak, so it was an easy crowd, easy uh, opportunity. But also because he called himself a Jew of Jews. That was his familiar territory. And so it started with that, and we did talk about that in the message. All of us have our familiar territory. Uh, and, and I use the example of mine is with uh, rock musicians uh, that probably did too much drugs, back, uh, too many drugs back in the day. That's just that's a crowd I grew up with. My formative years were we're doing a lot of that. Uh, my brother's a musician. I've just been around musicians my, most of my life. And so it's just very familiar territory to me. So if you were to stick me in a room full of uh, 
age I said aging rock musicians actually new ones I probably couldn't relate to they think I was just a dinosaur but aging rock musicians and then you gave me the microphone and said present the gospel to them that would be easier for me to do to re- be relatable than if you were to stick me in a room full of surgeons or something like that just because I don't I'm not familiar with that world so the exercise originally was going to be think through that but then post something on social media again I wasn't say get in a room somewhere but post something on social media picturing that ideal person in your mind and and post something you think would make a positive impact on them for the gospel and but we couldn't get it down quite specifically enough but I said picture that person in your mind post something you don't have to address it to them you don't have to tag them in it but on Instagram or Facebook or wherever just say something that if that person were reading it you'd go they they may at least be positively impacted one way or the other which I still plan to do because I do have some of my old rock musician buddies that do follow me and and uh, I know they're out there and they've contacted me over different things but I thought about doing that so that was the conversation we got in what would it look like how would you do that and who is your crowd is the first essential question. Mm-hmm. And so we started exploring that idea. And that's one of the reasons Natalie's here is that you know, she had thoughts around that and started thinking about that. And you said you've been thinking about it kind of since then, right? I have been. I have been because I think every one of us have influence in some area of our lives. Um, and I was thinking about, I, I have, um, I probably have, have several areas. I think all of us do where, sure. where we have a voice with people, but I'm a working mother and I'm in a, a leadership position at my job. Um, thank you, Brett. <laughs> and <laughs> I think you. that, um, I think that I, I probably do have a certain niche of people, um, that, that I would consider my, my people who I have a voice with. And so I've just been pondering that and what would I what would I say to that group of people who who were not believers that, you know, that would get them to consider Christianity? So that, that's been something I've been pondering. Yeah, I think it's a good exercise for everybody because each little crowd that you know of, because you came from it, you know, number one, the things that do strike them, inspire you, them kind of by instinct. You know the hangups that they typically have or they, uh, I'm assuming, maybe I'm assuming too much, but probably your crowd may be, a little bit more cynical about certain things. Uh, my oh, crowd absolutely. is, but it's not the same things. Possibly, they, they were, the pushback would come. What, where would the pushback come from? What's your What's your instinct? Yeah. So as I'm thinking of a woman in leadership who who um, is in a position where I'm actually leading men, um, there there is there is definitely a difference being a woman leading in a professional setting, a group of men. I think than there is a man leading a group of men. There are still some gender differences that, right. uh, that are out there. And sometimes, um, I'm, you may or may not have ever heard the term mansplaining. Um, actually we, I have, we, uh, we won't, we around won't here, that. ironically enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, because, why. because you've never done that. I'll give you some, some props there, Brett. I've not had that issue with really? you. Wow, yeah. Okay. So, um, look, Sarah's remaining silent on that one, but, um, but I, th- I think there are women who are in professional um, environments who would who a little bit of cynicism, perhaps when you bring up Christianity, there's 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 an assumption out there that Christianity sort of places men on a higher importance than women. Um, and I was thinking through certain stories in the Bible that are like, actually, Jesus, I think I could make a case for Jesus being the original feminist. I mean, in his time, I know feminist carries a whole 
a whole lot of baggage. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but but Jesus Jesus was a huge proponent of women. And I think that there's a lot of people out there, a lot of women out there in leadership who might dismiss Christianity because it seems kind of anti-woman that don't even realize that he was busting through all kinds of, of no-nos in his time where the story of him talking to the woman at the well, which I know you're familiar with, but maybe not everybody is, that it would have been unheard of for him to be talking to a woman who was there by herself and asking her for a drink of water that that, that was considered um, a social faux pas in his day, that he shouldn't have been doing that. So I think I think women would be surprised to hear some of that and maybe take a second look at yeah. Jesus. And and Mary sitting at his feet, which is a which is a a, a way of saying uh, that she was a disciple. Uh, that that was their their language for disciple was if you sat at Jesus' feet that meant you were a disciple or anybody's feet. And I heard one scholar say that that literally there's no record of a woman doing that in that age. So so <laughs> you were saying you would start there. Yes, I because would. Because that would obviously and yeah. that make, that makes the point. So you know basic in, you have the basic instinct for that crowd that I wouldn't necessarily have or other people wouldn't necessarily have that just kind of goes with the territory. And so you know that and you use that because that's a point where you could get uh, preclude an objection right out of the gate and uh, that you, you instinctively know. And as we were exploring all this, uh, Sarah, yeah. what was your what was your crew? Well, my crew, I was thinking about it. My first reaction when you said it and we sat down in there and I was like, I need more information. Like I need more of what you're saying. Um, and as we talked about, it, I just said, honestly, I probably wouldn't do it like sitting and, and, and it kind of got to that. We basically, everyone's like, you you just did the exercise. I'm like, Oh, guys got me. Um, so, but it was good. So I th- was thinking about, um, and I've talked about this here a couple of times on the podcast. I like to play video games and I have a group of friends that I've say met. Say what your handle is again. I always forget I'm not gonna it. I'm going to say it on so here. Cool. Say it before. Come on, in there messaging me and looking me up on <laughs> Mixer. Okay. All right. Um, we'll, we'll ask you afterwards. Maybe I shouldn't say weirdos. I'm sorry. No one in here listening is a weirdo. Um, but I do have every once in a while you get just, people that'll try to talk to me and it gets a little bit uncomfortable, but you right. can block people. So there's some safety precautions, but place okay. anyway, I have a group of friends that I've met. Um, some I knew, um, in person and then met some other friends through them and, um, we play games and, and some of them live all over the country. And I think there's a, maybe two or three, um, for sure that, that are people of faith and that do believe, and we have some great conversations and there's some who are very skeptical and, but they know what I do. They know, um, uh, my background, I've actually shared um, the first few centered films with them. And um, the first one especially created some conversation and it was great. And But that was the outlet that I could do that through. Um, and so it was easier than that for me to just come up with something to say on social media feels a little bit out of left field. Yeah, like sure. um, to say something that could be, but I think in my mind, what I was thinking, if you're posting something on social media, trying to tell someone about what you believe, it feels like it would be almost, um, I don't know, like, um, accusatory or like, here's what I believe right. you should believe it too. And, and yet when you explained it, I was like, no, that's not what you're saying at all. You're just sharing of something that you have hope in and something that you believe. And if it is, like you said, if it's something we believe is the truth, it'd be easy to talk about. So, so, uh, I would ask, like you shared the first film, but you obviously felt okay about doing that. What was it that you knew about that crowd or what was your, in, your instincts telling you that said, okay, this one, I think I could do this. Yeah. And what was it about the film itself? Uh, I think a couple things. One, they, they'd heard me talk about how much work we'd put into it. So like they knew that it was something that I had put a lot of value in. Um, but then also, um, I think just the questions were so 
simple and can relate to anyone about what a worldview is. And even just asking that question creates conversation. Um, And that was a lot better intro than me coming in and saying, here's Jesus, you should believe in him, you know, and here's a bunch of scripture, which, you know, in your message, you even talked about that. Like sometimes, um, like Paul doesn't give a bunch of scripture in that moment because he he realizes the audience that he's speaking to that at that point, it doesn't have the authority that we would see it as um, to them. So, um, yeah, I think for that, it, it was just a much easier intro of having a conversation with people I already knew. Yeah. So it is. It's it's all about and what we'll see is Paul, you know, again, that's his his home place was the synagogue. And then we're going to see him be in places that aren't his home place and how he adjusts himself to it. And he has enough discernment to figure out, okay, I'm not in the synagogue anymore. Uh, How do I talk to these people? And he doesn't talk to them the same way. But a great place to start is to figure out what your synagogue is uh, and and really know that and define that because, and then start stepping out in those areas. So uh, that's, that's really the the entire point when it comes right down to it. And, uh, when you, because your, your synagogue is really you. I mean, I am an aging rock musician. <laughs> so I know those things by instinct because that was so formative to who I was and, and all that kind of thing. So uh, I guess I would ask you guys, what else do you know about your own experience in the, in the people that are, are, are closest to how you are, how would you want to be approached or how do you, what, what do you think is important to approach you with as a, as a lead that gains trust outside of the things that we've said? Um, so in addition to, to my job here, I have five kids. Um, two of them are out of the house, so three still at home. Um, but my life is very busy. So I think I think that if I were thinking how I would want someone to approach me, I would, I would want someone to be respectful of my time. Mm. Um, you know, like my evening times, I'm making dinner and helping my kids with their homework and, and spending time with my family. So, so certain, certain things in the evenings are just, it's terrible time for me. It's actually a terrible time to even try to communicate with me because I'm so busy and, and devoting my time to my kids. Like, oh, right. I, I, I'm, I don't really care what you think in the evenings. I got work to do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. so even, Especially what you think about the meaning of the year. Yeah, what so. do I think about the right. meaning? Right. I'm just trying to figure out how to get these kids fed and into bed. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, time of day, I think, makes hmm. a difference, too. So even as we were talking about that social media exercise, I was even thinking, what would be the right time of day? that you would even want to engage somebody in a conversation like that where their mind would be active and interested, not a time when they're so distracted by other things. So. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't even thought about that, you know, because I'm not from that world. And that's what's important. I think about the exercise even as we process, I'm still processing like what would be the actual words that I would write out or, you know, film or whatever it would be. Um, and it's just interesting. It's good. Yeah. So are we doing the exercise? Is that, is that the point of this? Are we doing it right so now? So the podcast, no, the, the, the podcast audience could engage in the exercise. Cause I was, I was going to do it to the whole church, but again, I couldn't nail it down well enough to make it clear enough. And, and, uh, but we still may come back to it. Uh, for me, it's also, uh, one of the points that I left out was, uh, one of the nine was he was ready for his opportunity. I mean, you, you even if you don't do this exercise. The, the, the point of doing it was to think through, am I ready if I ever do have that opportunity? Which uh, this is a this is kind of an interesting example, but uh, I, 
I uh, perform, among other things, I perform funeral services for people. But what I also know is that uh, sometimes family members, friends will be asked to to take the microphone. They will. And uh, even though that's not necessarily the time you should just launch into a gospel presentation, would you be ready for something like that to try to glorify Jesus in that moment in some way, shape, or form? Are you ready if the microphone uh, moment is there? Or I've also had uh, situations where people have called who are in crisis. They're unbelieving people, but they're going through a difficult time in marriage or uh, a sickness or something like that, and people will reach out at times like that. And you could tell Paul, when he was handed the microphone, he was ready. He was He knew where to go. So a lot of it is about that. How do you get, how do you prepare yourself? We talked a bit, a little bit about that during centered and that would be my challenge to everybody. So doing the exercise of doing something on social media is at least you've actively thought about it instead of panicking, uh, when that moment comes up, you have any examples of ever having opportunity you didn't think you'd get like, here it is like (laughs) ready or not. Ta-da. Yeah, mine involves more of the panic response, though. Okay. So instead well, see, of actually being ready, sure. um, I was I was on my way to a mission trip to Myanmar, um, and I just happened to be sat next to a guy who was from Australia, um, and he he had a little back and forth with the guy he was sitting next to that was not really very pleasant. I think they were arguing over suitcase space in the overhead bin, and so he was really kind of grumpy, and um, and he had kind of a really a really just sort of gruff way about him and uh he introduced himself to me and I'm on like a, I think the flight was five or six hours wh- whichever I don't even remember where we were going from and to right. but and he uh he worked for some kind of a graphics agency or something in Australia and he said and he said well what do you do and I said um I said well um I work for a church and and I'm actually going on a mission trip and he said really I think one of the most awful things you can do is go to another country and impose your views on them. <laughs> well, there and you I go. Just went, now you're in. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Whoa. Okay. Um hey, did you want a coke? Um <laughs> I, I was I was completely unprepared for what to say, what to do. I just really kind of panicked. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and he reflected that belief that we talked about at the very top of this yeah. thing, that there is a belief that you're imposing your beliefs. Well, people, I don't like even use the term, but people impose their beliefs all the time. They just give their opinions about things. They, they're not afraid to say that they're a fan of something if they're not. So it's okay. Uh, I think one of the most important things, you, if you can think through even questions to ask, because when in doubt, ask a question is, is always get other people talking. Cause if you remember the, the, the whole thing of start where they are. Well, if you don't know where they are yet, figure it out by asking a question. And, uh, you know, hindsight 2020 probably could have been a time of, hmm, so what makes you say that? Do you have any kind of church background or something? I like to start exploring that person, uh, you know, spiritually. And uh, what makes him say that? And a lot of times people are uncork. Well, I grew up in church and I feel like they, or they'll do something like that. So uh, yeah. too bad you can't have it over again. Yeah, no, I steered, I steered very far away from anything like that. <laughs> Although right. I did ask him all about his job and I asked well, him about a book he was reading. Yeah. When he got out of the seat at the end of the flight, he said, you know what? It was very pleasant meeting you. you you're a very really? nice person. Well, so at least go. I didn't leave him with the impression that, that right. Christians are horrible people. <laughs> That's I, right. But, but I certainly didn't gain any ground. Well, cool. okay. I don't well, think. Well, but, you you know. may have more than you know, though. That's the well, thing. One would I mean, Because he had this, uh, he put on these glasses that saw you as someone, someone who was gone on a mission trip or works at church, imposing your beliefs. 
And he probably notched that down after talking to you. He, he must have, or he wouldn't have said that. He might be sitting on a podcast in Australia right now talking about it. You never That's know. That's right. Ooh, it, that would be cool. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be it? cool? That's right. Yeah. That's right. He's <laughs> out there somewhere. That's good. I think a question that pops in my mind, too, is we're even going through the exercise that I think um, even as people, uh, as we're ministry is is very much a part of our everyday life. Um, and I think for some people it is in a lot of ways too, that when you start thinking about who is who are the people that I would minister to, I think some people might have a hard time thinking of that because a lot of the people that they spend time with are people that they would think are already Christians or believing these things. And I think that's something to even process too, because sometimes we get so connected inside that we forget that there's a whole opportunity outside. Yeah, that's very, very difficult. I, I've i found that you, if as a believer, you have to be intentional uh, somehow. And sometimes I think it's as easy as starting with one person. Uh, just, uh, you know, think of one person as far from God in your life that you think you have a reasonable chance of connecting with in any capacity, uh, whether it's through sports or working out together or uh, connecting over music or whatever the case may be. Um, it's always good to have at least one person that you can that you could answer the question, do I know anybody far from God that I'm relating to? And I found through the years that if you don't actively think about it, you won't have it, uh, as most believers don't. I mean, uh, I'm the same way. And in working in church, um, I heard one of our staff people say one of the only regrets he has about um, working in a church is he's noticed now, I, I really, it's very hard for me to have people who are not believers in my relational world because it's so consumed by uh, believing people, which... Um, unless you're intentional about it, but I think you can, I think you can just start with, okay, is there one, just one person out there that I could start steering towards? Yeah, that's good. I think it's good. Um, we have just a few minutes left. And so, um, I kind of have something that it's a little bit, it's going to seem off topic from this conversation, but I think it's topical, um, at least for the week that we're putting this episode out. And, um, I kind of wanted to just something I've been processing of. So yesterday, as we're recording this, the day before uh, they were recording this, um, Kobe Bryant died in a very, you know, tragic um, and surprising way um, in a helicopter crash. And I think it's created a lot of conversation, at least in my mind. I'm a sports fan. And, and yet there's something about it when someone, um, I don't know, maybe a high profile person um, passes away that like creates a lot of conversation, a lot of feelings. And I think I'm always just processing, what is it? Like, what is that that's there as we're thinking about, um, even just people that we know and we're having conversations, but like things like this happen and it creates really a conversation point of like, wow, like I, you know, like Kobe Bryant or whatever. Um, but what, like there's some, some serious feelings there for people. Like, what is that? What are the feelings itself? Yeah, and is, I mean, why? Where do those come from? I mean, I think it's like, have you ever had like, like you talked about um, the drummer from Rush? Like you right. had some intense feelings when that happened, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we're seeing that even um, globally, you know, with with um, with this, and it, there's something there. It's like they're just people, but yet they mean more. Why? Why is that? Yeah, I, I think it's for one, we live in a very unique time in history because it's very immediate. Um, you know, we've we've watched these people and most of us on television and, and many, many times they've become a part of our lives. They have become a part of our conversations and part of our emotions. A lot of people, if you're a sports fan and you're a Lakers fan, especially, uh, you, you know, I've I've been I'm, I'm a sports guy to a point and I've got very emotionally connected to what I wanted to happen in mm -hmm. a game. And somebody performs well. My wife and I were huge Peyton Manning 
playing fans. So when he retired, that was sort of this loss. But I remember the days whenever he was he was in his zone and doing all that, uh, that we were emotionally connected to that. If, if he was winning, you know, we felt up. And when he was losing, we felt down. That, that happens to you, especially in sports and, and a number of things. A, a musician on TV or something, somebody that you follow, a performer, performers, they, they connect with your emotions as well. Uh, even if they're a television show, mm-hmm. you think about the cast for The Office. You know, there are a number of people are checking that out. You have this connection. If you hear, like tomorrow, that one of the cast uh, for The Office passed away or something like that, you've you've still had this emotional thing. You've laughed. Uh, you know, whenever you laugh with anybody or, or, or along with something, there's an emotional thing that just happens to you. You can't help it. And so it is like losing uh, something that is significant to you. So it's, it, it's this in, it, this interconnectedness that we have because it does touch more. It's not more than just watching them from a distance. So interesting. I mean, it's like not someone that I've ever met, but like right. you have an intense reaction. Have you ever had something like that, Natalie? Um, well, I think I think in addition to the emotional connection that you have when it's so sudden and it's so unexpected, mm-hmm. I think that it has the effect of of reminding you that it it could have been your husband or your wife or your child or you there's a there's a reminder in that unexpected that that could happen to any one of us at any time and i think we go through life sort of pushing that to the back corners of our mind even though we know and we say well we all know our days are numbered and any of us could get hit by a bus at any time um but when that actually happens it serves as the stark reminder that Oh, that could have been me. Yeah. It it causes you to kind of do a little bit of an inventory. Mm. How how would I react if that were my husband and daughter? What what would I be going through right now? What if that were yeah. me? What would my husband be going through? That it, it it's just kind of brings it right back in your face of life is yeah. brief. Expl- yeah, explains the stomach mm. ache, ache I've had most of the day ever since because every time I think about his wife and and then also the other people who were on board there right. and uh, because there was a husband and wife team that mm. with a daughter. I mean, it, you when you think about that and the kinds of emotions people out there are going through, uh, that's where and, and sometimes I have to pull back if I start thinking about it. I'm like. Uh, and these are people, especially Kobe Bryant, this is someone who's at the top of our what our society has to offer, uh, everything from celebrity to money to fame, you, you name it, and that can still happen. And, and that's, uh, that's pretty rattling when you think about it. You know, no one is ultimately safe from these kinds of things. It's, it is a reminder. Very yeah. good point. You can have everything and it be gone yeah, just like that. In an that. instant, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I think we we are, we are. And, and and you know watching someone's life on display like that you know we you see the pictures of his daughter you see uh, you've been with the, you know seems like a wonderful guy in a lot of ways you know just kind of uh, joking around been on commercials all that and he's very very much alive and just, and, and to think that that's not the case it's it's really really hard. I wondered about that too like in, even in our current society and culture that we're we feel like we're we know people because of social media and because of you know constantly seeing videos and content of people you feel like you know what's going on in their life so it does feel like you know so much about someone and then when you I don't know when they're they feel like they're almost invincible and 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 none of us are and it's um it's a reminder even you know we start out the podcast saying that we think these can relate to you in your one only life and it's another reminder that that's what we have and it's um so I will continue having conversations here, even on the podcast. And so um, if you have any content or comments um, from anything you've heard today, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. Um, Natalie, thanks for coming. Have hey, a conversation. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it's good. Brett, anything um, 
I don't know, close out with anything for, as we talk about the series itself, anything you would highlight? One more of the nine things. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, it's really kind of a theme that I hope people get when it comes to this conversation is uh, this is a collective effort uh, that as you think about talking to people personally, I'm the older I get, the more I look at the Bible, the more I realize it's okay to think of, I want to reach my friend, but I want the entire church to help me reach my friend. In other words, it's completely legitimate to invite someone to a service or have them listen to the podcast or give them a book or any of those things. All you're doing is pulling in friends because Paul was the one that spoke and we have no record that Barnabas did any of the speaking. And so he seemed like more of a one-on-one connector type person. And so when we say we are in the mission together, we are doing this together. So if you think that I could communicate through a sermon and maybe a little bit more effectively than you can sitting across from a table. That's okay. That's, uh, it used to be considered almost like a bad thing. I don't think that way anymore. I think if you get stuck or whatever else, hey, come here. Because I've pointed people to Billy Graham sermons. I've, I've loaned them books. I've had them watch things or listen to things that I think are more effective at communicating the message. That's okay. But it's a collective effort that we're all about that uh, I think is important to remember. We're on a mission together and we all get to share in it. So I think it's very important. Cool. And we're going to share that more as we travel through the series. Love it. You guys can always listen to our messages at onelifechurch.org um, or open up the One Life app and you can always follow along with the content we're talking about here. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. You can leave a comment on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening to this podcast. We'd love for you guys to share that out. Let more people hear this great content and have an opportunity to continue that conversation even further. Our music was produced by Michael Robertson and Ben Brock. My name's Sarah, and I produced this episode.